Do you suffer from the winter blues? Today we're going to be talking about why it is that sometimes at this time of the year people really struggle and some of the things that you can do about it. If you'd like to improve your relationship, head over to therelationshipmaze.com where you can take our free online conflict style quiz and learn your conflict style in your relationship. And press subscribe right now. Welcome to today's podcast and today we're talking about the winter blues and those sort of feelings that sometimes people get at this time of year because it, it can be a real struggle for a lot of people. Mm, I, I get affected by it definitely. I really notice that um, my mood is affected in the winter um, and particularly what I really struggle with are these short days so I really don't like it when when it's dark so early particularly in the UK when they turn the clocks back when does that happen again? October. So then it's dark sometimes at four o'clock in the afternoon. It's really, it's really hard. <laughs> yeah, and, and lots of people struggle with that. Lots of my clients, and mm. um, and yeah, I mean it's interesting because we talked about that. And mm. for me, when the clocks go back, I like it because it gives me an extra hour's sleep. Just that one, one day. Yeah. Just that one I day. I think we should do that every every month so we get an extra <laughs> hour's sleep once a month. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, that's one way of looking at it. But I um, I, I think that one hour less of light really, uh, really affects me. Yeah. Uh, and I really like it, for example. I really love the winter solstice. So the idea in December that when we're moving towards the light, you know, when, uh, when the days are very, very slowly uh, starting to become longer again, that really, I, I like that idea. That gives me hope. Right. Moving towards the light. Moving so, towards the light. Seen from poltergeist. But, <laughs> oh. So don't go into the light. Oh. Um, but yeah, so w with with the sort of winter blues, um, you know, it is found that, you know, that, that a lot of people do suffer. And with research, it shows that a lot of people do suffer at this time of year. Mm. Uh, and part of it is to do with the light. Mm. I mean, there's also the factor, I think, of the cold. Mm. You know, some people struggle with the cold too, mm. but definitely in terms of less daylight, it affects a lot of people. Not everybody, mm. but it, you know, it has been scientifically shown that it is a factor on our moods. Yeah, so I mean, there is the seasonal affective disorder, which is actually, which is, which is you know, um, which is shown to to prove that people are affected by the lack of light and. And uh, some people might have to have a, a set, or what's called a, this seasonal affective seasonal affective disorder, also called SAD. Um, for example, might mean if you're affected by it that you might need a lamp, a SAD lamp, which um, which basically you switch on every day to replicate some of the missing sunlight that the body isn't getting, because the body is producing less hormones, isn't it, when it's yeah. less light? Or... Yeah. So and sometimes they're called light boxes, mm. although you know. I've, I think it'd be better to call them happy lamps. Yeah. Yeah. But it, so in terms of uh, what goes on with the body is, you know, when there's less light, our melatonin levels are lower. Mm. And when our melatonin levels are lower, we're basically, we, we get more tired. We feel drowsy or we feel fatigued. And sometimes that can be linked to depression as well. So, you know, it does have an effect on the moods and, you know, that can affect our relationships as well. So, you know, I know a lot of people struggle more in their relationships in the winter as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there is a there is a certain element here, I suppose, uh, between sad and depression. I mean, the, the thing about sad is that it's seasonal, as the name suggests. So it's not a 
is not necessarily long term, whereas depression, if you have uh, depression for more than a year, for example, then usually it's defined as a, a chronic uh, chronic depression, which is kind of more long-term depression, which again is very is different from sad, and that's also different from from changing moods because our mood fluctuates all of the time, doesn't it? You wake up with having a different mood every morning. You might your mood might be a little bit more elated, or your mood might be uh, a little bit lower. So I suppose what the the seasonal connection here is that your mood is likely to be slightly lower. Um, in the winter months. So summer or sun light actually impacts on your overall sense of well-being and impacts on your mood. Yes, and and on top of this as well, there are other factors too, I think, which um, it's been shown from some studies from, um, I can't remember, Institute of Family Studies, I can't remember the exact name of the organisation, that there are 30, there's a spike of 30% in terms of breakups in January. It's really high, isn't it? Yeah, so it's a pretty high statistic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe it could be partly the effect of the mood, you know, because our own mood is going to affect our interaction with a partner. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, there are lots of stresses and challenges around this time of year, like Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because some people love Christmas. Some people have very difficult associations with Christmas. You know, for me, uh, Christmas when I was growing up, it was a it was a stressful time because, mm. you know, my parents would argue a lot more. There'd be kind of more you know challenges, more family disputes. Mm. Um, so it's always something that you know I've I've always wanted to be lovely, but in a way, build too much up into it. And I think I see that with a lot of people, is Christmas has become something that has to be so big, it becomes stressful. Mm. Like it has to be this perfect day for the kids, for the family, and. You know, that can be great if it works, but it can put a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. you know, with financial pressures, like currently as well. You know, it's a real challenge. People go more into debt mm-hmm. because they think they have to spend more on the people they care about when maybe they don't have the money. Because, mm-hmm. again, it's about feeling it has to be right. Yeah, so I suppose there's a difference here in terms of, uh, if you think about um, levels of low mood, there is a difference here between whether uh, this particular, these low feelings are situational, are sort of related to a particular situation like Christmas, like financial worries, like um, bereavement, for example. Of course, if you experienced bereavement, that's going to affect your mood, isn't it? Or whether it's sort of something that's a little bit more pervasive and and permanent, uh, a sense of uh, a low mood um, that you can't necessarily trace back to a particular situation right now in the present. That's when we're talking more about depression. And of course, depression is... um, it's a symptom. It's not necessarily a cause. So I don't buy into this idea of um, depression being uh, an imbalance in the brain, for example, just a chemical imbalance. I think depression usually has underlying causes that can be traced back. Where do you stand on that? Yes, I'd agree. I mean, there are some some areas that it's more open to dispute, for, mm-hmm. such as bipolar disorder, yeah. which you know there may be slightly more kind of. Um, mm-hmm research suggests there could be an imbalance but but even that for many mm. people I think you know there may be some roots um, mm. that lie in some experience mm-hmm. but I think for a great number of people depression has some origins mm. um, particularly in early years as we're growing up mm. yeah and that's very different as well again as you said it's separate from 
SAD, mm. Seasonal Affective Disorder, which has been shown is to do, you know, to do with the amount of light we have and the effect on the hormones and mm. the effects on the body. Yeah, so you know with SAD that it's going to, it's likely to pass, isn't it? It usually passes uh, come springtime and the days are getting longer, more light, uh, more warmth on the skin, uh, which also means that maybe that people are out more because that's the other thing, isn't it? That uh, what comes with with the season of winter, in particularly in the sort of northern hemisphere, is that people um, don't go out as much, so they tend to kind of stay at home a little bit more. There is more, maybe less social contact generally, and that of course can also have an impact on mood, can't it? Yeah, and that's that was another important point you made, which I I, I was hoping you'd bring up, mm. um, because you know part of our way of emotionally regulating is through with connection with other people. Mm-hmm. So is that part of actual connection? Because we are we are relational beings, mm-hmm. right from the moment we're born. You know, relationship is key to our survival. Mm-hmm. It's you know, and, and and a lot of our brains are have developed and evolved around social interaction. So, part of our ability to regulate comes from that connection with others. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have that, it's very challenging. And that's why you know, like you said, when it's cold, when it's uh, dark outside, there may be more reluctance to go out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I sometimes I'm sure we both said like, mm-hmm. oh, it's dark, it's cold. <sighs> Actually, maybe we won't go to this because it's just too cold, too dark to go out. Mm. So you don't always have that connection. Mm. And I think particularly, it's a very lonely time around Christmas for some people because the associate, the psychological association is that it's a time to be with family. Exactly. But if you don't have family, it's challenging. Mm. You know, it's like my parents have passed away. Mm. Um, you know, it's like a lot of that, you know, there isn't that big family. Mm. You know, it's it can be quite isolating for people. Mm. And I think that's why it's so important as well, is that when we see people who maybe are alone at this time of year, we try to reach out and kind of help them connect. Mm. And I think that's a really important thing. I know that in, in the UK, there's been a, a charity that was set up uh, to set up tables at cafes for people who don't really know people. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what they're called, but it's just... um can't but, remember you know, Just basically just for anybody who wants to have a conversation. Mm. So it's like on that table is marked, you know, for anybody wanting to talk to somebody. So it's a way to connect because um, as we spoke about in a recent podcast on anxiety, sometimes it's difficult to connect with people because of anxiety. We start to worry about what they might think of us. Mm. Yeah. Uh, are they going to want to talk? You know, what's that reaction going to be? We make this anxiety in our minds. And I think actually having a setting where this is for people where you know somebody wants to talk, it can help to take some of that away because mm. connection is so important. Yeah, and uh, arguably we're living in a time of disconnection very often or we have we have more situations or more people who are feeling quite isolated we have lost some of the sort of communal ties that used to be there in the past so so i think that's why we also have a bit of a wave uh, of uh, depression uh, as a manifest as a manifestation in society because there is a loss of connection there is more isolation there is more of a sense of i'm on i'm on my own in the world here uh, and i can't really relate to other people or they can't relate to me nobody's here for me so um, so this is different. This is sort of, well, it's not different. It's sort of, it, it can be another, it can be a part of the 
uh, offset as well. So you can have, I think you can have layers, can't you? You can have, um, you can struggle with depression anyway, with more sort of a chronic presentation of uh, of depression. As I said, usually we talk about it uh, as a chronic uh, condition if it lasts for more than a year. You can have that and you can have a layer of sad on top of it, can't you? You can already struggle with depression and you can notice, and indeed lots of people who do struggle with depression notice that their depression, their symptoms get worse once the uh, autumn arrives. So you can ha- arrive. So you can have that on top of it. I mean, I do notice, and again, it may just be because of the work that we do, that a lot of the people who seem to be more prone to depression or sometimes anxiety may be more prone to seasonal affective disorder in my experience that's also true but again i couldn't say from objective studies Mm. um but i do wonder if you know there might be some correlation as well yeah of course it's also kind of partly what you what you make of it uh, your interpretation of it um because of course you can kind of look out the window and and some people might indeed look out the window and think oh it's really some people actually really like winter for example they like the idea of nesting or they like the sense of coziness that they might sit in front of a fire if they've got a fire at home and they actually really enjoy that or they like drinking their hot chocolate in winter and putting on their uh, their knitted socks and they think it's great they put on their candles so it's also kind of partly uh, the interpretation that you want to give to it and what you associate with it uh, if you decide that you're not going to like it which is kind of usually what I do because I don't like it then uh, you're more likely to feel it aren't you Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing with depression as well becomes uh, the thoughts that we're having. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we're depressed, it's not that we're just having no thoughts and we may not want to do anything. Mm-hmm. But our thoughts, what goes on inside our head often becomes overly, uh, you know, overly energised. So we have a lot more thoughts about, oh, I could never do well, you know, the type of the type of thinking that we have is very different. Mm-hmm. So it's this internal experience also combines with that experience of depression. Mm. So the question is, what do we do, right? Um, What do we do when we experience um, these very low feelings uh, when we are... Let's just say, let's start with low mood. What do you do about low mood? Well, I was going to talk about with um, seasonal affective disorder as well, but I think Mm. some of these things do kind of relate to um, just general low moods. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the some of the work around behavioural therapy or cognitive behavioural therapy uh, would suggest that one of the first things is with low moods, actually changing your behaviours can be very important. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when, we're, when we've got low moods, whether it's low mood, depression, there's that tendency to not want to engage, Mm -hmm. not want to go out, just kind of stay in our rooms. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the times you feel least like doing something, that's the time where if you get out and just with small steps start to take action, little behaviours, it can make a difference. Mm -hmm. Whether that behaviour is, you know, just walking down the road to the shops, whether that is going to, going swimming, Mm -hmm. going to the gym, Mm -hmm. that can really help. Mm. actually getting your body moving is important even if physiology is linked to your state to some extent mm. if we're very static you know we feel drained we feel energyless and we don't feel like taking action because we feel like we have no energy mm. but those times when you do you start moving 
you start to get more energy into your body. As you get movement in your body, it gets your your kind of the oxygen circulating in your system. Mm-hmm. It helps with the release of serotonin in your body as well. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing some exercise, that serotonin release will help you feel better. In fact, some research has suggested and shown quite strong evidence for doing 30 minutes of exercise, fairly rigorous exercise, three times a week mm. has been shown to really help um, with people who are depressed. Mm. Absolutely. So I think it's a really important thing to do. But the thing is, you won't, f- you don't feel like doing it. And it's actually you know, taking those steps when you don't feel like it are important. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, I think there are also degrees here that we're talking about. So as I said, this is a, we're talking about a bit of a scale here from talking about low mood to maybe having seasonal affective disorder to feeling depressed. And even within the uh, within depression, there is a scale, isn't there? There are people who are maybe mildly depressed and people who are really quite severely depressed who actually struggle to get out of bed. Um, uh, they can't face anything. Um, so where there's a complete shutdown, so to speak, of the system, uh, and uh, these people, people who who have severe presentation of depression, they're really they're kind of frozen almost. Uh, they're in a state of um, of freeze. Yeah, we talked about fight, flight, freeze responses, uh, and of course, hand in hand with that is always um, uh, anxiety. Often as well, we talk about the comorbidity of depression and anxiety. They often often it's quite difficult to distangle even what's depression, what's what's anxiety, because if you are very depressed, you're also likely to have uh, hopeless or helpless thoughts um, and and anxious thoughts that go with it. I can't do this or this is impossible, this kind of thing. So if you are struggling with quite severe depression, you will need some help. Uh, I think it's quite hard to come out of that on your own. You're going to have to uh, get some professional help. Um, and sometimes, as I say, particularly when we think about depression as a as a symptom, it really helps to untangle a little bit what is it that is getting you into this state of freeze, uh, of immobilization, where you feel like you can't function anymore in the world. What are the factors that contribute to that? Um, what is it that you are really wrestling with? Because there is an underlying struggle here, isn't there? If somebody is so frozen, um, what is it that that needs to happen here for you to come out of this unfrozen state and to be able to connect again. Because one of the one of the difficult things uh, with depression is, of course, that um, because you're frozen, if you're frozen, you can't connect with others. And if you can't connect with others, you're more likely to be to feel even more depressed and and lower in your mood. Because, as we've just said, connection actually helps. It may helps us feel better. Uh, about ourselves so it's a bit of a cycle that needs to be unpacked then yes I I do remember someone um, I used to know who was giving just talking about how when he was very depressed he found a therapist who said asked him a question that he found so challenging he refused to go back to therapy with them Mm. but actually later on reflected that it was one of the most important questions he had been asked Mm. which also does sound a bit controversial if you have depression as well Mm. you know this this may not be helpful for you, but it was helpful for him. And it was, the therapist asked him, how are you depressing yourself? Mm, what do you do to make you feel yeah, so what is it depressed, within yeah. you that might be creating or adding to his depression? Which at mm. first, you know, he thought, well, what do you mean? I'm not doing this. This is something I've got. Mm. 
but it made him reflect that actually it was the the way of thinking the internal experience that was that he could have some sort of influence over which means once you've realized you've got some influence over it Mm. something can be changed i think that's quite powerful Mm. And, and i think you know if you are suffering to the point where you feel you can't get out of your room, it's really, it is important to speak to your doctor, mm-hmm. you know, temporarily, it, at least. It might be that you need some antidepressants. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's really important, though, to make sure you're getting some psychological help as well. So speaking to a counsellor, a psychotherapist, mm-hmm. um, because although depression may deal with some of the physiological or biological kind of elements it's not going to deal with the root causes of the depression. Mm, mm. And those are really important to explore. Mm. You know, where the thoughts come from, the feelings, mm. working through those, I think is really important. Mm. Yeah, because as I say, most of the time when we're talking about depression, we're not talking about uh, a situational depression, which is caused by a particular event in the here and now. It usually is a more complex presentation of various experiences that you've had in the past that contribute to your current uh, state of mind and your emotional state yeah absolutely mm. and you know with seasonal affective disorder you talked about the the lights so the satellites are sometimes called light boxes mm-hmm. um, which basically will help uh, replicate some of the, the the wavelength of natural light which for some people can be really helpful mm. um, we talked about some physical activity also diets, making mm. sure you're eating a balanced diet because as well sometimes when we're feeling low mood and with seasonal affective disorder it's quite common, our body seems to crave simple carbohydrates like sweets, mm. which can lead to kind of quick sugar rushes, but then actually low energy, mm. as well as having a negative effect on our of you know how we look. We mm. put on weight, which makes us feel worse about ourselves. Mm. So it's making sure we have still have a healthy, balanced diet mm. can be really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and anything. Uh, of course, this is partly also personal, isn't it? But it's sort of really thinking about what is it that I need that that usually contributes to me feeling better about myself, or uh, just that makes me feel better. Could it be um, you know anything that's rewarding for you? Anything that makes you feel well, it might be listening to music, might be reading some good books, it might be if you're very, um, you know, might be lighting some nice candles because the smell is very evocative for you. So all of all of these, I mean, this sounds very simple, doesn't it? And a bit banal, but all of these things actually do help to to lift the mood a little bit at least. Yeah, and, and making sure we connect as we talked mm. about already. Is if you have, you know, if you go through periods where you have that low mood, make sure that you speak to somebody for at least five or ten minutes a day if you can. If you can't speak to them, at least email them or message them. Mm-hmm. So it's important to maintain that connection because connection is so important for helping to regulate how we're feeling. Mm-hmm. Or I think what, what might also be helpful is visualizations, kind of picturing yourself, um, you know, when summer is around the corner or spring is around the corner. Picturing yourself um, lying on the beach, for example, literally sort of um, imagining that feeling of the sun on your skin, um, you know, the, the warmth of it or hearing the sound of water, just something like that, that kind of almost um, that that gets you into that state of mind, so to speak, yeah. can be helpful. It doesn't work for everyone, but it's something that you might want to try. Yeah, and remembering that when we're feeling low mood, we have certain ways of thinking. Mm. 
Mm. Our thoughts are very different. Mm. Those thoughts that we're experiencing, we've learned from the past. We've learned these ways of thinking. And I think the empowering thing with that is that because we've learned something, it means we can also relearn. So just because we, you know, from early experiences where we may have learned different ways of thinking about ourselves, about other people in the world, through maybe the way we're brought up, maybe mm. traumatic experiences. I mean, very mm. frequently as well with depression, you know, many people will have experienced certain trauma in their lives, which may need to be worked through and reintegrated in ourselves. Mm. But it can be changed. Mm. And, you know, I think we've both worked with a lot of people with depression and seen that, you know, they, they can really make big changes in their life. Absolutely. Maybe they never fully get... Some people may not always ever fully get rid of all the depression or the, mm, all the experience the feelings yeah um, mm. but they learn to live with it in a different way mm. and some people do completely transform the experience mm -hmm. so just knowing that you know it's finding that right way through this and kind of taking some action yeah because it's not a you're not born with depression i really generally don't believe that um so if it's down to experiences experiences can change or can be transformed and the way that you relate to them can be transformed so I think there is a sort of, there is a hopeful message here, isn't there? Yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. So please tune into our podcast again next week. If you'd like to find out more about how to improve your relationships, head over to therelationshipmaze.com and we'd love it if you leave us a review. Um, speak to you next week. Take good care. Bye. Bye.